falling too, my nigga. <laughs> when the song come on, I'm spending money. Spending money, spending money, spending money, spending money, spending money, spending money. Play something, I can spend some money too. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I'd like to welcome you to another episode of the Unpopular Podcast. This is the man, the myth, the legend, Jalen Hunter. And if you do me a favor, please subscribe to whoever you're listening. Please subscribe to whoever you're watching. It definitely means a lot to me. We're in the midst. We're, we're, we're in the conference semifinals of the NBA playoffs. And one thing reigns supreme in the league, and that is matchups. Matchups matter so importantly in in series in 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 the way that you go into a series in the way that you plan a series matchups are important and as we're seeing in all of these conference semifinals at least it's very early of course but we're seeing that matchups are reigning supreme what does that mean so what i'm going to do this episode is i'm going to talk briefly about every single uh conference semifinal match or conference semifinal matchups that we're seeing and I'm just going to give my take on things that I'm seeing early in these conference semifinals. And let's start with, I think, probably the most disrespected number one, oh, one, number one seed that I can remember, and that is the Miami Heat. Maybe that Atlanta Hawks. I think the Atlanta Hawks was the number one seed that one year that they played LeBron and just got smacked. But... Here's the biggest reason why I have or I had a feeling going into it that Philadelphia didn't really have a shot winning this series. Now, that's even before Joel and uh, Joel and B's injury. To talk about why I thought Miami was just gonna just have pretty much have an easy I'm not gonna say cakewalk because I'm not gonna disrespect Philly but the, one of the biggest reasons why I thought Miami was going to win the series and is going to win this series is kind of solely because of James Harden and to talk about that we have to we have to have an honest conversation about James Harden I kind of did it last episode but let's have an honest conversation about James Harden James Harden goes to Philly for a couple reasons. He goes to Philly because he feels that this is the best option or this is the best opportunity for him to win a championship. When we look at a lot of stars in the league, uh, especially players that we consider superstars, most of them have a ring. Most, not all, but most, LeBron James, Kevin Durant. If they don't have a ring, or they, if, if they have, they have at least one. A lot of them have multiple, but they have at least one. LeBron, KD, Steph, uh, Kawhi Leonard to, in, in some cases, Kyrie in some cases, Giannis. They all have championships. And for a long time, James Harden would be on that list as people that we consider superstars. However, the difference between, of course, James Harden and players like Giannis and players like Steph, players like KD, LeBron, is he did not have a ring. And, of course, as a superstar, that kind of gets to you. You know what I'm saying? Like, you want to win. Yeah, you you can... There's difference between players that are in the league 
for what the league gives you. And there's players that are in the league because they like to hoop. They love to hoop. And you can tell James Harden is one of those people. And when you look at the Philadelphia situation, he felt, which is crazy because he felt that coming out of the Brooklyn situation, that Philly was the best option for him to win. I mean, you have Joel Embiid, who could possibly win this year's MVP, who was runner-up last year for MVP. You have a a, a, core, a younger core nucleus, and they one thing that Philly needed was a person that can handle the scoring outside, like consistently outside of Joel Embiid. Tyrese Maxey has been doing a good job this year, but Tyrese Maxey is not on the same level as James Harden. So James Harden goes to Philly. In fact, let's look. Let's let's really let's really let's really kind of take a quick journey through James Harden's career. Go to OKC. Go to the championship. I will I will be the one to say it. James Harden was a big reason why Oklahoma City did not win that championship. He didn't come to play. They were a young team, clearly, so it's not all on him, but. They James Harden did not come to play, especially coming off the bench. Russell Westbrook maybe had a good, he had a great game. I think he had like a forty-something point game. But other than that, he didn't really do much. KD was scoring, but he didn't do much. James Harden was a big reason why they didn't win that series. You go to you go to Houston, whether it's Dwight Howard getting hurt or Chris Paul getting hurt, or your team missing twenty-seven straight three-point shots. You just didn't get it done in Houston. And you had the best shot in Houston. What was it, 2016? No, 17? 2017, 18. 2018, when you had, I think you had a two games to one or three games to two lead against Golden State. That didn't work out. Then you go to, then you go to Brooklyn. You hurt your hamstring. Kyrie gets hurt. KD is just having a, a heroic performance against the Bucks, which ultimately didn't result in a win in that series. Come back, Kyrie Irving doesn't want to get vaccinated. KD's hurt again. So you're, you feel this is not the best situation for me, so you go to Philly, which looks like, on paper, the best situation. Now Joel Embiid's hurt. That is all. That, a lot of that, James Harden could not control. He couldn't control Chris Paul getting get Chris Paul getting hurt. He couldn't control Dwight Howard back injuries. He couldn't control uh, Kyrie getting vaccinated. Kyrie uh, twisting his ankle in the series. He couldn't control any of that. He couldn't. I mean, you really can't control hamstring injuries. It's it's those are freak injuries. I mean, you've seen that throughout this year's playoffs. I mean, when we talk about. Devin Booker, when we talk about, uh, well, it was an MCL sprain, but Chris Middleton, you can't really predict injuries. But that's on that side. That's that's one area, right, of James Harden. Then you have the area that a lot of people aren't, a lot of people are talking about, but not in the totality as which they should. Philly is okay 
with making the decision to get off of Seth Curry, to get off Ben Simmons, and to get off Andre Drummond, to get James Harden. They're okay to do that, especially when you have a Ben Simmons. Now, I understand the whole saga that was going on with Ben Simmons, but he still had, I think, like three years left in his contract, so that could have you could have played that out for a brick. Seth Curry was your best three-point shooter. And Andre Drummond, you give up depth and sides on your bench because, you know, to get off to get James Harden. But Philly is okay to do that. And they, they, they're happy to do that. They're happy to do that because you get James Harden. The problem is people continuously think that they're getting the James Harden of three, four, five years ago. And honestly, that's what Philly needs to win this series. But that's not James Harden anymore. They need, especially with Joel Embiid being out, they need that James Harden to, to, to have, you know, 40, 40 points and, and 15 assists and three, and, oh, not three, and 13 rebounds. Now, of course, that's, that's an over-exaggeration. That's even not an over-exaggeration. There was a stretch. I saw the post. I think it was 2019 season, where out of the top 10 highest scoring games, I think James Harden had like seven of them. And I think one of them was like a 61-point game. And if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, that 61-point game was a triple-double. You see, that's just not who James. That's just not who James Harden is anymore. I don't know if it's due to the amount of injuries that he's sustained. I don't know. If it's just the amount of basketball that he's played. Because James Harden does play a lot of basketball. I will say that he's not really one of those. Let me say, he will force his way out of a situation. But when he's happy with the situation, he'll play. Um, I don't know what it is, but the James Harden that Philly needs and Philly was hoping to get. Because there's always a sense and there's always a hope that the James, the, the player that we're seeing currently or the player that we're seeing before we trade for him is just due to maybe he's unhappy, maybe the scheme, and we can get him back to where he's going or get him back to where he was. Philly needs James Harden to be more aggressive. And what do I mean by that? I'm not saying that you just, you know, you just forget to pass to your teammates. But in the in game one of the conference semifinals, a conference semifinals against the number one team in the East in Miami, a conference semifinals against the number one team in Miami when your best player at the time, Joel Embiid, is not playing, so you're technically the best player on the floor. You take four shots, I believe, in the second half. Now, you're probably thinking to yourself, if you didn't watch the game, damn, you must have really been jacking the first half. No. James Harden finished with like 16 points. You see, it's not the fact that James Harden isn't, you know, putting on dazzling performances and and shooting the ball like crazy. It's not that he's doing it. He's not doing that, clearly. But it's the fact that he's not being as aggressive as they need him to be. And here's the thing with Miami. And you saw the last series. Miami's greatest strength is their ability to defend guards. When you have Jimmy Butler, when you have 
Kyle Lowry, even though he's hurt right now with a hamstring, another hamstring injury, but when Kyle Lowry comes back, when you have Kyle Lowry, when you have Vincent, when you have P.J. Tucker, when you have Victor Oladipo, you're going to be, when you have Tyler Euro, you're going to be able to put pressure on any guard. But this is James Harden that we're talking about. The same James Harden that landed on the top 75 list. I'm saying this. After seeing game one, I don't really have. I didn't really have much hope going into the series for Philly due to the fact that what I saw Miami do to to uh, Atlanta, and even with the Joel Embiid, right? I just didn't think, I don't think that, I, I think they're going to say, hey, Bam Adebayo is one of the best, he's like a Swiss Army knife at center. He's like the one of the best defensive centers. He can pick and pop. He's a great uh, pick and roll. He's great at lobs. I think that they're just going to say, hey, Bam, do your best against Joel Embiid. We got all the guards. We got, or we got everybody else. We got James Harden. We're going to slow him down. We got Tyrese Maxey. We just, just try to try to handle Joel Embiid. Try to slow him down. No one else is going off. I think that's probably what their game plan was going or is going to be once Joel Embiid gets back. That's not, that's, that does not bode well for Philly. And another person actually for Philly that only gets talked about in a slanderous way at this point is Tobias Harris. They're going to need more from Tobias. I know that's, that's at this point, that's kind of blasphemous to say, seeing as though we've pretty, uh, we've seen the best of Tobias, I believe, but they're going to need more for Tobias Harris. <laughs> and with that being said, I, I, I just don't see, yo, so game one, Miami was up, I think like 12 points. Philly came back and took the lead. I think they took it was like a 53 to 50 point lead. I said, oh, Philly has some fight. I look, I go make some popcorn. I come back. Philly is down seven. I said, wait. Wait. Now I ain't make no traditional popcorn, like where you gotta put the kernels in the No, I made put it in the microwave. And they come back and they down six. And I'm just watching the game and it's just. I don't see how Joel Embiid's out. You're a superstar, and James Harden is not aggressive in the second half. On top of that, Tobias Harris, we've seen the best out of this man. So this is what you're getting. Yeah, it's cool. Tyrese Maxey is probably the fastest player out there. But there's a difference (laughs) between... Miami and Philly, man. I just, I just don't, yo. This is it, man. This is why. This, this is why. There's a lot of criticism that comes James Harden's way, because quiet as is kept, he has incredible regular seasons, but he hasn't even done that of recent. Like he hasn't really had these incredible regular seasons since what 2019. I understand people age and stuff, but. Hell, Steph Curry. Steph Curry. Let me see. Let me let me let me make it a better. 
I think Kevin Durant is older than 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 uh, James Harden. Now I know that's kind of a poor example, seeing as though what we just saw from the Brooklyn Boston series. But Kevin Durant is older than Ke- than James Harden, I believe. Steph Curry is older than James Harden, and you see how they're both aging. So. Now, I understand, again, they have completely different games. James Harden's a more, you know, I get it, down down the hill. Seth is more of a shooter. But I'm just saying, James Harden was putting 55-point triple doubles with ease just two years ago. And now when he when his team needs him, now I understand it's game one. But this is the game that you need. This is the game. Miami had a Miami sort of had a longer break than than Philly. It's about matchups, man. It's about matchups. Philly just played. You have all the momentum in. Well, you're not really playing for anything because nobody expects you to win. You have James Harden. That's the game to get, and you don't. And honestly, Quasi's kept the game was a lot was not as close as the score was so i don't I, miami man miami is a tough one miami is a tough one uh i just i have you know i just if if james harden is going to continue to play like he's playing and it's not all james harden don't get me wrong it's not all james harden but at this point of the series he is the best player on the team and he's supposed to be the best player on the floor and that hasn't been the case that is the problem. James Harden, a top 75 player ever, is supposed to be the best player on the floor. And he has not looked like that at all. So, I think Miami is going to win this series uh, quite handily. So, even with Joel Embiid coming back, if he comes back game three. So, let's move on to... Uh, I'm not. Let's move on to the Golden State and Memphis series now. While I'm sh- while I'm recording this, it is uh, Tuesday afternoon slash evening, so I don't know what happened in Game Two. But it's all about again the rest. The entire playoffs at this point is about matchups, and it's also about experience. You see. In game one of the Golden State Memphis, everything, let me say it like this. There's four ways you can look at, okay, there's two ways that Golden State can look at game one. And there's two ways that Memphis can look at game one. There's, of course, a positive way and then there's a negative way. If you're Golden State game one, the positive way, you won game one. Nothing. Could outside of Jordan Poole, nothing went right for you. Draymond Green gets suspended. I'm not gonna. I mean, not suspended. I'm sorry. Draymond Green gets a flagrant two and gets ejected. I don't think. I I don't think that it was supposed. I don't think it should have been a flagrant two. I do think it was. A, I think it was a flagrant one, uh, especially in that series. But again, Draymond said it. A lot of people have been saying it. They refed the player, and not the action. And if you don't believe me, I mean. It's Draymond Green, bro. They, they, Draymond Green, you put Draymond, how refs? You put Draymond Green in the same boat that you put DeMarcus Cousins, that 
you put uh, David uh, Dennis Rodman back in the day. That you put which, uh, Gary Payton. Those players are habitual line steppers, and they're gonna get rep. They 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 complain a lot to the refs. They do things that are borderline. Like, wait, is that is that ejectable? Like, you don't know. So they're they, and they have a history of doing that. So Draymond Green, anytime it looks wild, then it's they're gonna do it to the utmost degree. So. Uh, or they're going to penalize it to the utmost degree, which was a flagrant two at the time. But Draymond Green gets kicked out most of the game, for most of the game. Klay Thompson has a horrible game. Defensively, okay, until they started put Josh started giving this man the work. Him and Gary Payton Jr., or Gary Payton II, and Jordan Poole. Josh just went crazy. But... John went crazy, hitting threes. Jaron Jackson Jr. was hitting, I think he had like 36. Klay Thompson was playing horrible. Steph Curry, I think, was like 8 for 20. And out of the eight, five of them were threes. And three of the ones that he missed were wide smack open. Nothing, every, everything that could have gone wrong Golden State had a very high turnover problem. They did win the rebounding battle, but it was only by three. I totally forgot Andrew Wiggins was even in the game majority of the time. That That's one way you can look at it. You did all that, and you still won. So you think to yourself, Klay Thompson ain't going to have that bad of a game again. Steph Curry ain't going to miss three, four, five wide open shots. Draymond Green's not getting ejected from a game again. So you look at it as, yeah, that happened. But we still won. All that happened. We still won, and I don't think it's going to happen again. We stole one. Now, again, I'm shooting this before the game or game two. Now watch Golden State super aggressive. Not saying aggressive in a stupid way. Aggressive as they understand the opportunity that they have on their hands. You go into Memphis. You, imagine, imagine how hard it is for a young team in Memphis to have to go into Golden State in this conference semifinals. Have to go into Chase Center down 2-0. Then you're going to have to win four out of the next, what, five games? Mm, that's going to be tough. So that's how Golden State can look at it. Now, Memphis can look at this two ways. You can look at it the, 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 the negative way and the positive way. Let's start with negative because I don't like ending with positive. I mean, I don't like ending with negative. So let's start with the, let's start with the po- negative. That was the game that you needed to win if you're Memphis. Again, Klay Thompson... Was Clay Thompson missed two go-ahead free throws. Two. Steph Curry missed a free throw. Draymond Green gets ejected from a game in the first half. The only person that is, con- well, the only two people that's kind of consistently going off is Steph and Jordan Poole. 
John Moran's having a game. He had like 30, 32, 33. Jaron Jackson's having the best game of his life. They're finally hitting threes. And you have the ball in your hand with four seconds left. Down one. Not down three. Down one. Because Clay Thompson, who I think was like one for five or something from the three-point line, Clay Thompson, or like two for five or something, missed two go-ahead free throws. And let me, let me, side note, P.S. John Morant. I keep slapping the mic. John Morant. I love John Morant, man. John Morant is going to take over this league, man. He's he's already in the midst. But John Morant is incredible. But John. The under, the scoop shot ain't going to always work, bro. It's not going to always work, especially when you have Gary Payton II, who is an incredible defender, and when you have – now, we'll say this. He did beat Gary Payton II. If it wasn't for 6-7, uh, Clay Thompson coming over, he probably would have won the game. The over the under scoop ain't going to work, brother, all the time. It's He's an incredible player, but it's not going to work every time. But that is the game that you needed to have. That's the game that you needed to have. Because again, and it goes back to, to to Golden State's point. I don't I don't believe even if Jordan Poole doesn't have a thirty what one point game again, right? I don't believe Clay Thompson's going to miss that much again, and I definitely don't see him missing two go away again. Clay Thompson, Seth, and Steph Curry. I apologize. Steph Curry are in my opinion the two greatest shooters of all time. So how many times do you think? You're going to get in a situation where Klay Thompson needs to hit two free throws and is going to miss both. How many times where their best defender by far is gone the entire most of the game in Draymond Green? Not only is it is he their best defender, he's their he's their energetic lifeline. He's the heart and soul of the team. He's gone for the majority of the game. Majority of the game. Steph Curry has a point blank, wide open three point shot where I don't think the I think the closest person here was like 15 feet and he missed. You see, this game was lost in a couple air. This game was lost with three plays. It was lost when Ste- when Golden State had like four or five offensive rebounds in a row, which then led to I believe Clay Thompson getting fouled. Also, look, when when you have, look, I've seen this happen a couple times now. I saw this happen, Andrew Wiggins twice, and I saw this happen with Jason Tatum the other day. I get the put-back dunk is great, bro, (laughs) but but you got to make it. You got to make it. And I think Brandon Clark had a put-back dunk that missed. Now, I will say this. Golden State and Memphis, that was a great first game. I mean, Golden State had like a 10-point lead. Memphis ate that up. Memphis had like a 10-point lead. Golden State ate that up. 
and you know so that's the negative way for Memphis to look at this like this that's the game you needed to have there's a lot of variables not to mention the fact that yeah that's the game that you need to have then you can look at the positive way well John Morant hit four threes I think that's the most that's more that he hit more threes that game than I think he did the entire uh Minnesota series the entire first round playoffs Jared Jackson finally found his shot even though he's starting to do jared it's not starting jared jack for some reason jaron jackson i kind of put him in the same boat right now as carl anthony towns as far as doing some of the dumbest having some of the dumbest fouls i've ever seen but jaron jackson went crazy at his playoff career high boy what the what is going on with dylan brooks i think he airballed like four or five times but i don't think that i don't think that's gonna happen again and the fact that Memphis had all the opportunity to win. I mean, again, you're down one with four seconds left, and John Moran has the ball with a with a full head of steam going to the rim. He just missed the layup. So I think I know game two is the most important game for Memphis. Now, again, as I'm recording this, I don't know how it went. It's tonight. But game two is the most important game for Memphis. You do not, I repeat, do not want to go into Golden State down 2-0. Because it's very different having to win four out of five. Yeah, four out of five or four out of six. Very different. I know it doesn't seem like it, but it's very different. So, it's going to be a good series. I mean, experience. You can also tell, man, like, Golden State had no problem. Like, they even, Golden State wanted John Morant to shoot the ball. Golden State wanted Jaron Jackson to shoot the ball, which means it took him out the paint. Golden State has a great game. And you realize, even down 10, even down 12, they did not panic. When Memphis was down 10 or 12, they didn't panic, but... They are they they were going at warp speed the entire game. The entire game. And that kind of did them in at the end. So that's gonna be a good series, man. Oh <laughs> you know the, the theme of today's episode uh is about matchups. I've said this a couple times now, it's about matchups. And Yo, look, look how different Boston looks or looked game one compared to how they looked when they played Brooklyn. I don't look, Jason Tatum is incredible. Jalen Brown is incredible. I think we need to monitor the Marcus Smart injury, but. There's a reason why I am so high on Memphis, not Memphis, on uh, Milwaukee this year. Now, of course, they're reigning champions, but they come with a level of physicality that you're not really used to today. Just look how different, especially defensively, Milwaukee is compared to Brooklyn. 
Now, I am on record in saying I think Boston's going to win in, what, six, and I think uh, that is due to Chris Middleton not being there, and I, I stand by my pick. But Boston's going to have to make some incredible changes <laughs> because every they took 53s. 53s first game. They understood that, all right, they're they're playing physical. There's really no way that we can get inside. Giannis is just blocking everything to hell and back. Uh, Bobby Portis is having a great game defensively. Brooke Lopez is a freaking tower down there. We just got to shoot threes. It, nothing's working. Let's just start, start letting them go. Yo, I think they made like six two-pointers. Six. Milwaukee. Milwaukee is a different animal. Giannis, Giannis and both Giannis and KD are incredible players. Both Giannis and KD are all-time players. But Giannis and KD approach the game drastically different. Giannis is straight. Some of the things that KD does on the floor. KD comes with Swift. KD is like we look at his offensive game like yo there's I don't know how somebody like that can do stuff like that he's done things offensively that we have never seen especially from a person that size he has more grace um he has more f- 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 I'm not even gonna say I guess finesse KD is just an a, a bat like a offensive savant he does things that we I don't think that we ever imagined that we could see. Giannis is brute force. Giannis is I. Giannis is more physical than anybody on the floor, faster than most people on the floor, longer than most people on the floor, smart smarter than a lot of people on the floor. Giannis is just brute. Let's let's go. He's going to pound you defensively he's going to pound you offensively by the time you end up by the time you look at the end 50 points from Giannis and 50 points from KD is drastically different we saw we've seen 50 point explosions from KD look incredibly different than 50 point explosions from Giannis I will say this um Kind of like Memphis, game two is the most important game right now in this series for Brook for Boston. You're at home. You're playing Milwaukee. Milwaukee is down their best shot creator as far as shooting the ball in Chris Middleton, their second best overall player. If you can't win this game, now I, I do think the injury to Marcus Smart is going to be big. I don't know. Again, I'm shooting this before this game happens. So, uh, yeah. Number game two is the most important game for Boston. If you do not want to go to Milwaukee down 2-0 or 0-2 at all. so And game one of the of the Phoenix-Dallas game series went exactly how I thought it was going to go. Dallas is a horrible matchup to, to Phoenix. Or Phoenix is a horrible matchup for Dallas. Chris Paul is going to is going to just outdoor Jalen Brunson. It's you're playing a game, you're playing a complete team against a great player. 
Now, shouts out to Jalen Brunson. Shouts out to all the players that overcame uh, Dallas. I mean, uh, overcame Utah, especially with Luka being out, what, two, three games? But game one went exactly how I thought it would go. Luka had 45 points. The next best person had like 19. Jalen Brunson struggled. Dorian Finney-Smith struggled. Everyone but Luka struggled. And Phoenix was going crazy. Uh, Mikael, M- Mikael Bridges was going crazy. Devin Booker looks like he's back. Chris Paul finally missed a shot. DeAndre Ayton was going crazy. It Dallas has no... I think Dallas... I'm not going to say... I think Dallas is going to lose in five games. I think it's going to be 4-1. Just Dallas is a terrible matchup. Or Phoenix is a terrible matchup. They play the perfect brand of team ball. And Dallas does not. They have Luka, who is incredible. But, nah. No. So, let's 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 move forward. So, uh... So, uh... Currently, let's 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 kind of go over to the NFL. Uh, currently, there are two quarterbacks that a lot of people are surprised haven't hasn't kind of found a landing spot yet, and that is Jimmy G and Baker Mayfield. Now let's talk about Jimmy G for a second. Let's get that one out the way because that's that's a little less complicated than break Baker Mayfield. Jimmy G is coming off of surgery, shoulder surgery. Uh, and Jimmy G is one of those quarterbacks that everything needs to go right for him to succeed. He needs to have a great offensive line. He needs to have a great defense. He needs to have a really good piece or two to throw to. Actually, probably two or three, which he did. He had, you know, he had Debo Samuels. He had uh, George Kittle. He had Brandon Ayuk. And even with all that, yeah, he did make it to a Super Bowl. He didn't make it with uh, Debo Samuels, of course, but he did make it to a Super Bowl, but of course he didn't win. So I think teams are kind of hesitant because, one, it's not there's not too many places that need a quarterback. And, of course, a lot of the places that need a quarterback hit on the draft or got one in the draft. So I don't know what's going to happen with Jimmy G. Hell, he could stay, for, stay with the 49ers. I don't think that would be the best – option for him or them but yeah I don't I don't know what's gonna happen with Jimmy G but let's let's go over to Baker the question is going around is Baker Mayfield a bust Baker Mayfield is a former number one overall pick had a pretty good uh what rookie season I think pretty good follow-up season okay decent follow-up season I think you know won the first beat the Steelers in the playoffs just to get their head blown in. Not head blown in, but lose to Kansas City. And I think Patrick Mahomes was injured that game, too. So, so, Baker, so, Baker Mayfield, I'm shocked that teams like Atlanta, Teams like uh, Seattle, teams like Carolina 
hasn't gone and got Baker yet. I'm shocked. Because when you look at the situations, yeah, shouts out to Mar- Marcus Mariota, Oregon product, but I would prefer Baker over him. When you look at Seattle, I for sure would prefer Baker over Drew Locke. And we've seen, I believe, we've seen the best of Sam Darnold, and that ain't that good. So, But a lot of people can attach it. A lot of people are trying are attaching it to um, the reason why he's not he hasn't been picked up is due to his his extreme contract, right? Due to the fact that I think a lot of teams want Cleveland to pay a lot of that nineteen million guaranteed, and they're not trying to pay that. And I would like to call BS on that. I'll call BS on that because. Imagine if this was Russell Wilson. In fact, you see how fast it was? No. Imagine if this was Russell Wilson. Imagine if this was Patrick Mahomes. Imagine if this was Lamar Jackson. And a team like Seattle, like Atlanta, any team that needed a quarterback and saw those players available. You think that they're going to let 19 million stop them? This is mostly on people just are nervous to take a flyer on Baker Mayfield because it's like you're you're, you're going to have to pay him top dollar, but is he a top dollar quarterback? No, at least he hasn't shown that. I think we've seen the best of Baker Mayfield. I don't think that he's going to be done. I think that he's He's not a quarterback that can – I kind of put him in the same class in a sense. Like I kind of put him in the same class as Carson Wentz. I kind of put him in the same class as quarterbacks like that, not saying that, he. yes, he's better than Carson Wentz. But if Baker Mayfield is your quarterback, if Carson Wentz is your quarterback, if someone like, I don't know, Marcus Mariota is your quarterback, they're not winning you a Super Bowl. And that's a lot, especially when money is involved because, again – People are saying that's the main factor. No, it is not. People just don't want to touch Baker Mayfield. That's just how it is. So, you know. But I don't I don't know where he'll land. I'm surprised that he hasn't landed somewhere yet. Um so I guess we'll see. Uh moving forward. Shouts out to Honey Badger signing with the Saints. The Saints have had a have had a quiet, great offseason, man. Uh, I think we still need to. Jameis Winston did made leaps and bounds progress before he did, had the whole ACL injury, so we'll see what happens when he gets back. But they could be a scary team. I still think that they're they're like the be, the Bucks are leaps and bounds the best in that division. But I do think that the Saints have made an incredible leap uh, as far as getting better from year to year, and now that you get honey badger who a lot of people question does he still have it because of how i mean when you have a team like the like the chiefs that need help at the safety position and you're there and it doesn't work people are going to question like well let's let's go with honey badger i think the saints got to steal with that one he's going back home he's from louisiana area so shout out to honey badger and also uh Bernard, DeAndre Hopkins uh, was suspended six games. He was, I guess he tested positive for a banned substance. Uh, he came and said that he doesn't know what it is. But, again, once the NFL 
tells you that someone's suspended for X amount of games, the due process has already been done. There is no turning back from that. He will be suspended. Um, I don't think that this is a, a detriment on his character or anything. I mean, this is the first time in, what, 10, 11 seasons that this has happened. Uh, he said he's going to get to the bottom of it. This happens sometimes. Because uh, I think that there's multiple, there's always new substances that get added to the, the banned substance list. And, you know, but... And I think that this is this is definitely huge for uh, what's the names for the Cardinals. I think now it definitely it's it's definitely more important that you got in Hollywood Brown now, uh, especially because you lose Kirk. Now you lose DeAndre Hawkins for six games. I th- I think it's going to be tough. Now I don't think that Hollywood Brown is the number one receiver, but he's better than and you still have AJ Green's better than. Kirk, I think. No, I don't even know about that. But he's someone to throw the ball to. So, and luckily there's a, what, 17 games. So you still have 11 games. I'm not saying that the Cardinals are going to lose six games in a row, but, you know, you're you're losing your best offensive weapon outside of Kyler Murray. So you do have James Conner as well. But, uh, yeah, DeAndre Hopkins is suspended for six games. And the, N- the NHL playoffs is here. I, look, I, my Capitals is the is a wild is in the wild card or one of the wild cards. Uh, I don't. Alex Ovechkin is kind of hurt. I don't. Now I'm not gonna lie and sit here and say that I'm the most avid hockey fan. I'm not. The, I don't really watch hockey like that. I did watch it a lot more this year due to the fact that it was on ESPN and ABC and stuff. And I know my Capitals. Alex Ovechkin's hurt. He he should be coming back, but he's not going to be 100% Ovi. So I don't know if we have a shot, especially going against Florida. Uh, I guess my dark horse for each side, I'll say maybe the Kings and the... I mean, I will say lightning, but that they're they're going for a three-peat. You know what? This is the year, man. This is the year that the, the that the make believe Toronto make believes get it together. This they've had some epic collapses. This is the year, so I'm gonna go Kings make believes, and I think make believes are going to do it this year. This is the year. This is the year. This has to be the year. They they be collapsing more than Doc Rivers teams, man. They this has to be it. So I got the make believes. The Toronto Maple Leafs winning the the Stanley Cup. Damn, that means that. Yeah, I don't. I don't really have faith in my Capitals, man. Uh, so before we go, I the the the, the this podcast is clearly called the Unpopular Podcast, where I give my unpopular opinion about sports, and it's kind of morphed into me just giving my opinions about you know current sports, current sports topics. Uh things that are happening in the sports world and i've kind of gotten away from the unpopular opinion side well shouts out to my social media manager uh i am going to bring back the unpopular podcast i'm gonna every after at the end of every show i'm going to give my unpopular take about something uh that's in sports whether you know, basketball, football, baseball, whatever. I'm gonna give my unpopular opinion after at the end of every at the end of every show. 
Today's show, I'm going to stay with the NBA, and we're going to have to have a conversation about that, uh, about two legends. I'm sorry that they had to catch trades today, but they're catching trades, and those two legends are Bill Russell and Larry Bird. I understand eventually the the league evolves, right? And there are players that we're watching today that were that eventually we're going to have to have a serious conversation about are they going to break in, like are they going to be top 10 players? Eventually we're going to have to have to have to have a serious conversation about players like KD when we talk about top 10 players like Giannis, when we talk about top 10 players like Steph, when we talk about top 10 players like Nikola Jokic, when we talk about top 10, we're going to, I understand that winning a championship is, is huge, but you also have to look at the competition, man. Let me, let me just stop beating around the bush. Yo, I'm looking at Giannis, KD, Steph, players like Joel Embiid go crazy. You're telling me there's no way in heaven or hell I can put I can look at what Giannis is doing night on a nightly basis and think to myself he is not but he I don't care Giannis is putting up 50 point games only missing three shots I don't care there's no way he's better he's not Giannis is not better than Bill Russell and Larry Bird Katie put puts up an effortless 50. He's not even close to Larry Bird and Bill Russell. Hell, Anthony Davis is better than Bill Russell. Get Bill Russell, get Larry Bird out of here. I understand the great white hope, and I understand, you know, the, I, I appreciate the, the, the social barriers that Bill Russell broke in the NBA. But if we're talking to just game, Bill Russell to me shouldn't even be. I can name. I can name fifteen players today that's better than Bill Russell. Hell, Luca, Bill Russell, and Larry Bird are not in my top ten. And honestly, Bill Russell, if he's in my top thirty-five, he's closer to thirty-five than he is one. That's just it. Debate me, I don't care. But you can't tell me what we're looking when when he play, no what we're looking at from Giannis what we're looking at from Katie we're looking at from Nicole Jokic what we're looking at hell I don't even have to go that what we're looking at from Dame what we're looking at from Luca what we're looking at from Devin Booker you're telling me that Bill Russell come on now when he was playing against my next door neighbor and her son man. There you have it, man. That's been today's episode of the Unpopular Podcast. I appreciate you guys. If you want a popular podcast shirt, hoodie, sweater, long sleeve, joggers, the link is in the description below. I have multiple different colors, multiple different designs. Get your Unpopular Podcast merch today. Also, please subscribe to wherever you're listening. Please subscribe to wherever you're watching. I'm trying to get the algorithms going. I'm trying to get more people to listen. Uh, I appreciate you guys. Much love.
back on they ass, yo. They done made me mad, uh. I've been keeping calm, constantly keep making cash, yo. I've been getting bag after bag after bag, yo. Presidential shit, I wrap my Maybach mad black, yo. Call me Mr. Glock, shooters in the front and back, yeah. I'm on my Memphis shit, these bitches coming in the pack, yo. These niggas pussy cat, straight cap, cat and hat, yeah. Baby, I'm a player and my daddy was a Mac, yo. Smoking Mac with my uncle, call it Thrax, uh. Yeah, I was 13, sneaking, geeking, drinking at the bus. A couple niggas play with us, we turned that ass to dust. Don't let them gas you up. Hardcore, no mask or gloves, nigga. Uh, hit your ass up with some slugs. I run with hustlers and thugs. I got this shit out the mud, nigga. Hey, who want this smoke? I got buzz. Dropped in the church and the club. What the fuck you niggas thought this was?